0: Welcome, we trust you will be encouraged by this message from Bonnie Chavda presented by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. While we were worshiping at the beginning of the watch, I suddenly had this flash vision of myself being lifted on two rocket boosters. And I realized that the watch, corporate prayer and the presence of the Holy Spirit whether you're here in the sanctuary or joining with us online, as many of you are from other nations and across this nation, the the event of corporate prayer in the presence of the Holy Spirit is like a rocket booster, like rocket boosters. I was thinking again this afternoon, in many of the themes that that you're speaking to us about Rich and how thankful I am to be able to rely on the fact that we get to do this every week together and have been doing so. And I was reflecting back, it's been 25 going on 26 years now. And for me personally, this is my petrol station. (laughs) Week to week, no matter what, and I, you know, I know you can just feel like, oh, it's the end of the week and oh, but man, once you get under the dome of the corporate prayer of the watch and somehow in a mystery, the fact that so many have been doing this in tandem rhythms for so many years, there is something in it that is like a fine wine. I don't know exactly, but there is, you know, Israel has the iron dome. Well, I believe the watch has a glory dome and you come under it and suddenly the sound of the world, the raging of the enemy has a different tone. There is a a removal from it and a regrounding, like Rich said, and it's interesting because um this evening i was my plan and all these notes up here was literally to go to the word and remind us in the context of the world around us when our watch focus is prayer for the Peace of Jerusalem prayer for Israel, prayer for the whole Middle East, but especially where over 1,500 rockets have been launched and landed. And now more than ever, right in uh, the outskirts of Jerusalem and several of the other cities in Israel that uh, really historically, or for the last 20 years, those particular areas have not been so targeted Um, by the Palestinians and by Hamas, by the terrorists. So our watch focus was for that crisis that is continuing to escalate, for our friends and our loved ones, our family members there, the people on both sides, the innocents who are being used by the terrorist groups as human shields. They intentionally build their metro, their networking, centers in the midst of the population centers um, specifically as an opportunity that when these troubles are stirred up and if there's any retaliation for aggressive action then they claim before the world all the innocent lives being lost and it's true but the people in authority there own all of the liability for not only initiating the acts of terror, but intentionally using their people, their populations as a shield around them when retaliation comes. Uh, And then secondarily for the recovery of America in the face of really the most astoundingly bizarre decision-making that has been going on and that continues to go on. And we see before us daily the literal irrational, manipulative, and sometimes just blatant lying in the use of Politics for everything in the um, strangulation of economic powers, um, just just things that are ludicrous that are being accepted as policy decisions um, I was I was here just make, thinking of the rockets one after the other, flying into israel, and I, I started making a list of the arrows that some of the arrows that we have taken as incoming um, difficulties in the last year and a half. The intense political divide, riots, A sharp rise in violent crime, the coronavirus, disease, death, and isolation from it, economic shutdown, disruption of supply lines, financial uncertainty, various storms in many places in our nation, the marginalization and assault on personal liberty, the demonization demonization more than ever of Judeo-Christian values, increased exaltation of evil and the confusion of moral values, blatant manipulation and falsehood from government institutions and private companies, like social media and the major corporations, questionable administrative policies, science being twisted and used uh, for political reasoning. And that's just a few of the incoming arrows that many families have experienced just this week. We have um, uh, received the news and been asked to help to support three different families who faced terrible tragedies uh, in the death of loved ones from various situations. So in the course of all of that, today I was looking at Scripture And as we are approaching Pentecost, of course, we think about the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is really where we should be right now. Because of its contents, its its context, its veracity, and its good news. It is the testimony of the overcoming word of God and church of Jesus Christ, period. So I want to just run through some of my thoughts here and I know and I hope and pray that it encourages you like I was encouraged today as I was looking at some of these things and then we'll continue on with our anointed prophetic interchange here in the watch inviting our folks who are watching from home and around the world if you get a word or a vision please feel free to share it We're here watching and listening, and as we do this, we are standing as a wall for righteousness for Israel, for our nation, for our leaders, for the church, and for the gospel. So the book of Acts, as you know, the writer, Dr. Luke, was a legitimate scientist and historian. And he wrote the gospel according to Luke, which was like an embedded reporter. He traveled with the Apostle Paul, so he saw and witnessed firsthand the victories and in the power and presence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ that were occurring with Peter and Paul in those days. And he interviewed the eyewitnesses that had been with Jesus, that had seen Jesus, that had been with him in the transformation. Uh, the transfiguration on the mountain, Peter, James, and John. He interviewed the apostles that were there, the women that were there. When Jesus was raised from the dead, they saw him. And there were. the Bible says there were over 500 of those people. And that uh, in the latter writings of the books of the gospel, many of those people were still alive and still Um, congregating with the local churches. But Luke starts his gospel prior to his his reporting on the book of Acts, which, by the way, talk about ancient historian, he gave extremely accurate, precise knowledge of, are you ready for it? 32 countries, 54 cities, nine islands, and even the navigational detail of a sea voyage um, to Rome. Now that's pretty incredible. But he starts his first uh, book, his first record, the Gospel according to Luke, and he says this Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us. Say those things which have been fulfilled among us. And ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having had a perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, who was a Roman, by the way, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. If there is one thing that probably every person in the world is longing for and looking for right now, it's confidence, it is certainty. And here is the answer. Luke says to us, I'm writing this stuff to you so that you might have confidence, that you might know for certain, certain things that you can take to the bank in every season and every circumstance. And we know that Luke's gospel ends with the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection changes everything. The resurrection is the reason we are here today knowing God, full of the Holy Spirit, and believing the gospel. It is because of the reality Of the resurrection the resurrection blew a hole in world history and any of the secularists have to struggle to try and patch that hole it's impossible because of the resurrection and then um, Luke begins his acts of the Apostle his report he begins it with this the former account I made O Theophilus writing again to the Romans, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, say do and teach. But he says, I wrote before about how it began until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive After his suffering. Eyewitnesses. They were there. By many infallible proofs. Say alive after suffering. By many infallible proofs. Being seen by them. Say seen. Eyewitnesses. Seen by them during 40 days. And speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and then of course we know that the next act in this great unfolding redemption drama was the sending of the Holy Spirit to indwell and surround everyone who believes not only in that day but all the way to our generation and forward until Jesus comes so this is our context friends Jesus commanded them to wait for the promise. You can be certain of this. You are recipients of the infallible promise of the Father. The significance of being vessels that have been sanctified and set apart that the third person of the Godhead might come and take up residence within us individually and dwell in his church corporately, locationally, across the earth in any given season and period, but also connected the living body of Christ, connected millions and millions of believers from every station, every ethnic group, every walk of life. Connected in one living body with Christ, the monarch of the cosmos, as our head. And he is reigning and ruling. He said, wait for the promise which you have heard from me. For truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so they um, were... Typical of the disciples, like many of us, oftentimes a little conflicted or confused or distracted by the press of circumstance. And up until this time, all of Israel, including the disciples, had understood that. When Messiah came, he would restore the kingdom to Israel. And they were expecting this natural event to take place. Where this prophet from Nazarene, who had been born of a virgin, but in certain circles, like his own hometown, Jesus was considered an illegitimate child. That the whole story had been made up about the Holy Spirit coming on Mary. And so, in many circles, and in fact, among his own brothers, for a period of time, the fact that he had been conceived, God Almighty, incarnate, made flesh, that was not believed by everyone. And Jesus began to demonstrate in his own life and circumstance, the fulfillment of hundreds of messianic promises that the Jewish people had been anticipating to be fulfilled in their Messiah when he came. And one after the other, Jesus Christ in the flesh became the fulfillment in front of their eyes of those prophetic promises all the way to the one they never expected, the suffering servant who would be given as a sin offering for the atonement of the sins of the people. Jesus said, you shall, uh, so they asked him. They said, Lord, <laughs> this is the resurrected Savior they're talking to. <laughs> and they revert to their natural thinking. What their anticipation of events is going to be. And so they say to him, Jesus, is it now you're going to kick out the Romans and ascend the throne of Israel, restore the kingdom of David, give Israel peace, fulfill all the promises of Abraham? But what they didn't know is that there was more to the story of salvation than just Israel, that this great good news was meant To break out of one group and go to the whole world. And just like way before, when God called Abraham out of his own country, people, context, the Gentiles, called him out of the Gentile world in a new walk with God to establish the covenant that would usher in the Messiah the chosen son. Here we come around full circle. It says God appeared to Abraham and called him out. And here now, as we look into the Acts of the Apostles, one of the great events that occurs early is God appears to another Jew named Saul and calls Saul out of that identity and in back into the Gentile world with the salvation message. So beautiful, the way God works. But Jesus said, you will receive, the, the, only the Father. Say, it is not for you. It is not for you. Look at your neighbor. It is not for you. And, and I appreciate Rick, Richie's eschatology because it's right on. <laughs> It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. When will the end of all things be? Is it now? But, so there is an answer to that, and it's a more legitimate answer than knowing a time and a date. It is the solution for living through every other time and circumstance up until that moment the Father has chosen. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And it's not just to give us grace to face our circumstance. It's for a reason. And it's a singular reason. And may God refresh and restore to us each individually the reason for the sending of the Holy Spirit. Not just to comfort and guide and help and teach us. No, but you and you shall be witnesses to me. Witnesses. Remember that little flame of fire? that came, the manifest presence of the Shekinah, the person of the Holy Spirit, that was in the pillar and cloud over the whole congregation of Israel while they traveled in the wilderness and then rested over the ark in the temple. Now, suddenly, on the day of Pentecost, after the resurrection, the king of glory had ascended. You know when a monarch takes his throne? When a queen takes her throne, what do they do? They ascend And sit on an ancient chair that is the representation holding all authority of that nation, that people, that region. Well, in the ascension, the apostles, the disciples that were present saw the king of glory ascend and take his place. On his throne. Acts chapter 1 verse 9. Now when he had spoken these things. They watched. Say they watched. (laughs) May the Lord speak to us. Do you remember Jesus said? Watch and pray. But will I find faith when I come? Say they watched. He was taken up. Say up ascending and a cloud received him out of their sight and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up behold two men stood by them in white apparel who also said men of galilee why do you stand gazing up into heaven this same jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go in to heaven. Five times it affirms and confirms they were eyewitnesses of the event. And Jesus didn't just go up and up and up and up and up and get smaller and smaller and smaller until he, you know, disappeared into the ether. It said, he went up and a cloud received him. He took his place on the throne. And even that event of them seeing him ascend and the cloud enfolding him demonstrated a very thin, if you will, barrier between the natural and supernatural realms. And we know that the writer of the book of Hebrews exhorts us that we have now come as living members of the body of Christ, our head seated as the monarch of the universe on that throne, that we are connected in the natural to that supernatural realm continually. And so we can take courage. And as the writer said, as Luke said when he wrote his gospel, I'm writing these things to you so that you can have confidence and know for certain. Praise the Lord. So they are eyewitnesses here. The book of Acts, it speaks to the crisis of confidence in our day. (laughs) Luke was, as I said, an ancient historian and contemporary historians and scientists looking over his writings are impressed at the accuracy and knowledge that he had of geography, of science, of the material and the metaphysical world and how he gave record to that. As I said, he interviewed the eyewitnesses. He was a travel companion to the Apostle Paul. But the message that he's writing, that he's, he's urging Theophilus to receive, to hear. This message, the gospel of salvation, is both exclusive and a word that's being thrown around a lot in our day, inclusive. Exclusive and inclusive. Exclusive in that there is only one name. One name. One way for this message to make its way home to the hearts of men and women the name of Jesus as the Son of God and the Savior of the world, as the Son of Man who suffered and died and then was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven. So it's exclusive. Not all roads lead to God, God, and certainly not all paths lead to forgiveness of sins. There is only one, the gospel, the message of the Lord Jesus. And through forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with the Father eternally. But it's also inclusive. Indeed, as we see in the book of Acts, the gospel breaks out of Jerusalem where it had been, if you will, birthed in the very temple courts, in the very streets of the city, among the sons of Judah, Judea, the Jewish people, the tribes, the specific lineage, the natural genetic sons and grandsons of Abraham. But now, this gospel, when the Holy Spirit comes... It rises up and bursts out. Breaks through the seams and the, the boundaries of Judea. Runs over into Samaria. But it doesn't stop there. As heart after heart is caught on fire. And men like Saul are converted. Soon the gospel is running. To all the Gentile world. And by that same power and grace. Has come down to us today. Wherever we are. In the 21st century. That's astounding. That's astounding. No other religion. No other philosophy. Has any record like this one. It is both naturally relevant and supernaturally real, praise the Lord. So, inclusive and exclusive, exclusive and inclusive. And here was a phrase that captured my heart today, thinking about the bombing of cities and homes and buildings, people under threat in the Middle East, in real terms. And how in a way, there've been many families, many lives, many businesses, many nations that have been being bombarded one difficulty after the other incessantly and seeming increasingly and we don't know if we're just hearing all these things more because of our global connection of information or if it's possible like jesus said that as we approach the end times that wars rumors of wars Pandemics, diseases, earthquakes, things like this will continue to increase. Violence, lovers of self rather than lovers of God. The book of Acts is full of defections from the faith, of betrayals, of arrests of public opposition of riots and beatings and storms and outright confrontation with demons and in acts twelve twenty four, it says but the word of god continued to increase and spread as i like to say in times of trouble and difficulty and oppression from every side God always has a big (laughs) butt. So I want to just read a couple of these one-liners from the book of Acts because I think that it will encourage you like it encouraged me. So as I said when we started, When Luke wrote his gospel, he said, many have undertaken, but now I'm writing that you might have certainty in the things you've been taught. So take heart today. Take courage tonight that you are standing on a rock that will not be shaken. And your king, your savior, your father, your friend, has overcome the last enemy, which is death. And he has opened the way for each one of us. So, in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, after a few of these difficulties that I've listed, it says, So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. It broke through in brilliant light into ritual and tradition and brought through the sacrifice of the high priest Jesus relief from the burden of sin and deliverance from the bondage of the law. In 931, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. There are many places in our world today we're literally in the face of opposition and difficulty. The church is rapidly increasing in numbers. In chapter twelve twenty-four, again, after many of these birth pangs, in the midst of the testimony of the apostles, some of them martyred. 1224, but the word of God continued to increase and spread. Again in 16.5, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. This is from the testimony of the apostles. In chapter 19.20, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. And then in chapter 28, verses 30 to 31. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. This was a man under house arrest, under the sentence of death wherein ultimately confronting the highest authority, the ultimate power, political power in the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ knowing that ultimately his execution was coming and what did he do? Day in and day out provided for himself, welcomed everyone who came to see him and boldly, without any reservation, preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. That, my friends, is living in reality and victory. It is living with your foot firmly in the natural world and your other foot firmly planted In the supernatural realm, as the writer to Hebrews says, you have now come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to God, the judge of all, to an innumerable company of angels, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator, and to the blood of Jesus that is speaking better things. Praise the Lord. Luke's gospel is about what Jesus began to say and do. The book of Acts is what Jesus continued to do after his ascension as monarch to his throne, continued to do in the church through the apostles in witness to the gospel. And believe me, when Luke penned his last words in the book of Acts, it didn't stop there. In fact, It's just the first record of the gospel of salvation bursting forth as light in the darkness as a witness to all the nations. Luke's concern is one thing, the transmission of the gospel of salvation to the world. Particularly through the eyewitnesses, that we read about that event where they literally watched and saw and looked and gazed up and continued looking. And the angel said, what are you waiting for? Get on over to Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father and fully receive the coming of the Holy Spirit and power. Because just like you saw him In his body, eye to eye, ascending, you will see him descend back to claim his victory in the earth. And the Bible says that he will descend with the shout of the archangel. And he will come into the city, into this world, into the holy city, Jerusalem. Wow. No wonder it's under assault from men With darkened hearts and minds. Because the city of Jerusalem. Is the placeholder. For the new Jerusalem. The city of the living God. Which is prepared in heaven. Like a bride. And will come to rest. In the material world. On the earth. But that strange new. Resurrected recreated material just like jesus body was a body in material but different from the material he had before that was subject to death this new material he said feel me a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones But those flesh and bones now had completely trampled death. And that, my friends, is your future as well. A real body with a real king and a real city and real relationships with real people you really know now who know the Lord Jesus. And we don't know the exploits and adventures and joys and wonders that we will do, that we will participate in, that we will do not ever think that when the Lord comes, that everything just kind of goes into oblivious rest. Yes, rest in a way, but rest from the struggle of sin. Rest from the oppositions of the fallen world and demonic and sinful men with darkened hearts and minds. Rest from all of that opposition. Rest from the struggle against the corruption of aging and natural weariness. Rest from all of those things. But believe me, Jesus said, you're going to rule over 12 cities. You're going to have a lot of fun and exciting things to do. He talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. We don't really know the glories of that event. It's likened to a great feast. Think of the last time that you were at a lavish dinner party with everything fabulous. That you could imagine to eat or drink. And all your best friends and the family members you really enjoy around you. Laughing and talking and fellowshipping. And taking a holiday from all of the normal grind. That's just a a little shadow sort of. Of this eternal state. That is prepared for us already. And that will be real. Real, material marriage supper of the Lamb. And guess who's going to be celebrating their wedding? We are. Our marriage, finally. The real consummation of this eternal relationship that we will have been expecting and looking forward to for our 2030-60 90 years in this body as we wait for him to come. So I hope, watchmen, tonight that we allow the Lord to refresh and fill us again, to lift up and strengthen our hearts, to encourage our minds, refresh our souls lift up our hands strengthen the feeble knees and run with perseverance and joy the race that is set before us i remember again the beautiful way missionary and olympic champion eric little was portrayed and a quote Supposedly a real quote that he said concerning running. And in the movie Chariots of Fire, where they show his devotion and commitment to Christ and his witness and testimony in the midst of the other Olympic champions, the very ones he competed against and how he was immovable, uncompromising in his devotion, in his following of the Lord. But in the same time, his religious family and friends, knowing he had a calling to the mission field, were pressuring him to stop with all this running business, stop with all this Olympic Contest and pay attention to his spiritual call. And in the movie, there's a scene where he says, but you don't understand. I feel God's pleasure when I run. And so tonight, in this season, watchman, may you feel the pleasure of God. As you gird up your loins, receive afresh the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. And starting afresh tonight, run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavda for a full catalog of our products you can call us at 1-800-730-6264 god bless you